0: Listen everybody to the word I have to say, better get ready, because the Lord is coming one day. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, you better get ready, because it's coming soon. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Thank you for tuning in to the Prophet Daniels Report. This is Daniel White IV, the eldest son of Daniel White III. The intro music that you just heard is my late grandfather, Daniel White Jr., singing a song titled, Get Ready. Today, my father, Daniel White III, is going to share with you news and information relating to biblical prophecy, so that you can be prepared for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Daniel White III is the national best-selling author of over 20 books, including Just Jesus and The Prayer Motivator. He has spoken in meetings across the United States and in 23 foreign countries, and is the president of Gospelite Society and Torch Ministries International. Now here's your host, Daniel White III. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, welcome to the Prophet Daniel's report, Uh, and I want to add also another title. In light of these things, you need to get ready. This is report number 732. My name is Daniel White, the third, here to remind you that Jesus Christ is coming back soon. Jesus Christ is coming back. We don't know how soon, uh, but. in the early days of the church they were talking about Jesus in a way like he was going to come back uh... the next day they were looking for him even back then and so we're closer to his coming back uh... now than they were and in light of the fact that Jesus Christ is coming back uh... And you need to be, therefore, you need to be prepared. You need to be ready. This uh, podcast is not about predictions, nor is it about setting dates, as some people foolishly have done. However, it is all about preparation. In the words of one great preacher, Get ready, get ready. Get ready. First today, ladies and gentlemen, let's look at some signs of his coming in the news. The disciples asked Jesus Christ in matthew twenty four three, What shall be the sign of thy coming? and of the end of the world. Jesus Christ our Lord gave them and us by extension clear signs that show us when we can begin to expect to see the coming of the Lord and the end of the world as we know it. Looking at world events through the lens of the word of God, let's look at some headlines from today's news that point to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, God has a different view about sin than you. Especially the abomination of homosexuality. That's that's, that's going too far. God has to stop you. And he will. Okay, so don't be surprised at these threats, and don't be trying to poo-poo on these people threatening you with the, with nuclear bombs. Man, are you crazy? Are you insane? Solomon Gomorrah. Um, Solomon Gomorrah got so out of hand. That God destroyed the whole twin cities. Do you believe the word of God? Men and women, boys and girls and babies. Y'all got all y'all. You got to leave here. You got to go. In the camp of Israel, people rebelled against Moses. God just opened the earth to get away from them now. Get away from these wicked people. God opened the earth, and they went down straight into hell. Okay, so, don't you better, you better believe God. You better look to God and to Jesus, and stop looking to these so-called world leaders. And even some of these pastors who join them, who have gotten paid off, like Judas, join them doing the happy talk. This is, this is not happy talk times, people. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, stop trying to make it wonderful and sweet, and like we're just gonna go ahead and get on with our life. No, no, no. It's not. No, it's not happening that way. And so you need to be making some changes. Uh, let me just say a few things, and then we'll get into the other part. Thank you for your patience. You don't need a mortgage. You don't need a car note. You need to downsize in every way. If Elon Musk just lost what 144 billion dollars, something to that effect, you gonna lose your 144 dollars. So first, today, beloved. Under the sign category of wars and rumors of wars. According to the Daily Mail, minus some of the half naked women, one of the best publications, news publications in the world, it is the gold standard, by the way. Anyway. Russia's top diplomat has warned that NATO is now fighting a proxy war with Russia in Ukraine and there is a very serious risk the conflict could turn nuclear. And that's what the man said today with a straight face. Uh, Sergei Lavrov speaking on Russian state TV last night accused Western leaders of risking a third world war by supplying heavy weapons to Ukraine with the goal of wearing down the Russian army. To nothing in the words of our Secretary of Defense over the Pentagon and I, 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 in an article today, as kindly as I could, said, he does not need to be saying that or doing that. He should not be telling the world that we're trying to diminish Russia. That's just not good. That's not wise. And, and that's what I said. Nor should we be doubting and doubling down on this and doubting that they would, they would use a nuclear bomb. If a man tells you that he's going to shoot you with a gun and kill you, and every time he sees you, he tells you that, I think you better do something. You need to do several things. an aim he described as an illusion accusing nato and its allies of attempting to bully russia on the international stage lavrov said that tensions between east and west east and west are now worse than during the cuban missile crisis at the height of the Cold War. Asked directly about the possibility of a nuclear war, he replied, the risks are very significant. I do not want the danger to be artificially inflated, but it is serious, it is real. It cannot be underestimated. Lavrov also repeated warnings that shipments of Western weapons into Ukraine will be considered legitimate targets by Russia. A day after missiles struck the country's train network in an apparent attempt to stop the deliveries. He spoke as Western nations shift focus in Ukraine from supplying small arms and defensive weapons such as anti-tank and anti-aircraft missiles to providing heavier arms such as tanks, helicopters, aircraft, and long-range artillery. The move comes in response to calls from Kiev to provide its armed forces with the means to recapture territory occupied by Russian forces in the wake of atrocities carried out by Russia's men in places such as Bukha and Irpin second today, ladies and gentlemen, under the sign category of wars and rumors of wars that Jesus Christ warned us about and spoke about and predicted. According to the Independent of Great Britain, Russia has announced it will deploy its recently tested Satan-2 missile by the autumn as tensions between Moscow and the west mount amid the Ukraine war. The Kremlin announced the first test launch of its new nuclear-capable Sharmat intercontinental ballistic missile system on Wednesday, with experts warning the warhead could target the U.K. as well as Europe and the U.S. The SARMAT is capable of carrying 10 or more nuclear warheads and decoys and of striking targets thousands of miles away in the United States or Europe. This week's test, after years of delays due to funding and technical issues marks a show of strength by Russia at a time when the war in Ukraine has sent tensions with the United States and its allies soaring to their highest levels since the 1962 Cuban Missile Crisis. The target stated by Dmitry Rogozin Ahead of Roskamos Space Agency is an ambitious one as Russia reported its first test launch only on Wednesday, and Western military experts say more will be needed before the missile can be deployed. Mr. Putin claimed the missile, which hit its targets after traveling roughly 3,700 miles is virtually impossible to defend against with current technology. Third, today, under the sign category of pestilences and fatal epidemic diseases, according to the Associated Press, the World Health Organization says at least one death has been reported in connection with a mysterious liver disease outbreak affecting children in Europe and the United States. The UN Health Agency said late Saturday that it has so far received reports of at least 169 cases of acute hepatitis of unknown origin from a dozen countries. The cases were reported in children aged one month to 16 years old and 17 of those who fell ill required liver transplants. This is very serious folks. The World Health Organization didn't say in which country the death occurred. The first cases were recorded in Great Britain where 114 children have been sickened. The World Health Organization said in a statement, it is not yet clear if there has been an increase in hepatitis cases or an increase in awareness of hepatitis cases that occur at the expected rate but go undetected. Experts say the cases may be linked to a virus commonly associated with colds, uh, but further research is ongoing. Now ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Prophecy Boot Camp. Prophecy Boot Camp is where we deal with the basics, the fundamentals of prophecy, the second coming of Christ, and what will happen in the future according to the Holy Bible. Our aim here is not to make predictions, but to help you get prepared by understanding how things will unfold in the end times. Our topic for today is titled, The Rise of the Antichrist, Part 13. Ten Keys to the Antichrist's Identity, Part 1, from Dr. Tim LaHaye and Dr. Ed Heinson's fine book, The Essential Guide to Bible Prophecy. The Bible gives us at least ten keys to identifying the Antichrist when he does come to power. They provide enough details to give a general idea of who he will be when Satan inspires him to make his move onto the world scene. These clues also make it clear that only one person in history will fit this description. There have been many prototypes but there will be only one Antichrist. Number one, he will rise to power in the last days. Later in the time of wrath, the time of the end, a fierce looking king, a master of intrigue, will arise according to Daniel chapter eight, verses 19 and 23. Number two, he will rule the whole world. Authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. Revelation thirteen seven Number three, his headquarters will be in Rome. The beast that you saw was and is not and will ascend out of the bottomless pit. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. Revelation, chapter 17, verses 8 and 9. He will be intelligent and persuasive. The other horn looked more imposing than the others and had eyes and a mouth that spoke boastfully. Daniel, chapter 7. Verse 20. Number five, he will rule by international consent. The 10 horns which you saw are 10 kings. These are of one mind and they will give their power and authority to the beast. Revelation 17, 12 through 13. And dear friends of the Lord, Tyrus is coming and we live. We will continue looking at this topic and more in our next episode and don't be surprised it may be tomorrow night in light of these things now beloved in closing let's consider what God wants you and I to do in light of his second coming always remember God put you here to do something For his glory, his praise, and his honor. He did not put you on earth to do nothing and to sit down on your behind and uh, not serve him. He put you here uh, to do something. Always remember that. And God expects you to do it. And as you wait for the Lord to come back at a time of his choosing, you need to occupy until he comes. For Jesus Christ said in Luke 1913 to occupy it till I come May I encourage you Makes no difference who you are what your makeup is do something for the Lord You can call people to come to church people you have not seen Uh, If they can't go to the building you can still call them and say we're gonna have service tonight Wednesday night now, 7 o'clock, tune in. You can write a letter to certain ones who uh, you want to be saved or they're in the church and they have fallen out. You can pass out gospel tracts when you go to Walmart or you go to Target. If you do it the way I tell you, you won't get into any trouble. On your way in. Pull three gospel tracks out of your purse or your pocket. Make sure they're not uh, wrinkled, wet. And if it's raining, don't pass out any tracks, please. That's going to be irritating to the people. And you only do nowadays, just do three as you go into the store or as you come out. That'll be better. Now you're making your way to the car because they really don't like that. So, you know. Uh, Some of the store owners are Christian and they don't mind it, and they'll let you do it. Uh, But some customers may may not like it until they see it. But that's one of the best ways that you can witness now, is give out a pamphlet uh, to protect other people from you and to be protected from other people. So do something, in the words of Miles Monroe. No, not Miles Monroe, Miles McPherson, please forgive me. Not Miles Monroe, Miles McPherson. I don't want to get those guys mixed up. Uh, In light of that, we are continuing our journey through the book, Coming Events and Present Duties by Dr. J.C. Ryle. It is a collection of what he called prophetic tracts, pamphlets that focus on the believer's duty in which or rather, duty in light of the signs which point to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. This section is titled, Scattered Israel to be Gathered. You must understand, he wrote this a long, long time ago. And so, Israel has been established and is one of the most powerful countries in the world, if not the most powerful country in the world. Israel is the most powerful country in the world. That's right. Over America. Without Israel. America would not even be here. Uh, okay. So thank God for Israel. And uh, without Israel. America would not have been as. Successful as she has been. I know some of you all don't like that. But. Uh, uh, outside. Of. Uh, Israel. Um. Uh, America has been a great nation, but Israel is number one. And because we supported Israel and stood with Israel Israel and welcomed the Jews to America, God has blessed America. Now, don't you ever forget that. Uh, scattered Israel to be gathered, part 32, Dr. J.C. Riles continues. And big point number three, Finally, I believe it is a duty incumbent on all Gentile Christians to use special efforts in order to promote the conversion of the Jews. I say special efforts advisedly. The Jews are a peculiar people and must be approached in a peculiar way. They are peculiar in their state of mind They require an entirely different treatment from the heathen, from the Gentiles. And he's right about that. Their objections are not the heathen man's objections. Their difficulties are not the heathen man's difficulties. They believe many things which the heathen man never heard of. They have a standard of right and wrong with which the heathen man is utterly unacquainted. The Gentile man, you and me. Like the heathen, they need to be converted. Like the heathen, they need to be brought to Christ. But the lines of argument to be pursued with the Jew and the heathen are widely dissimilar. This is very wise. A faithful missionary might do admirably well among the heathen who might find it difficult to reason with a Jew. They are peculiar in their position in the world. They are not to be found all assembled together. Like, the, uh, like many people who are in uh, certain regions... Uh, the New, New Zealanders, or the Hindus, or the people in Sierra Leone, or the Chinese. They are emphatically a scattered people, a few in one country, and a few in another. An effort to get at them must aim at nothing short of sending missionaries in search of them all over the world. My beloved, if the Lord tarries is coming and we live, we will continue looking at this important topic in our next episodes. Let's pray. Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you so much, Lord, for your reminding us on Saturday night and on tonight, Lord, that uh, not only did you die for our sins, not only were you born into this world uh, through the Virgin Mary, not only did you suffer and bleed and die for our sins, was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God, but Lord, you, you ascended back uh, to heaven to sit at the right hand of Father God. And you are coming back one day. A day uh, chosen by Father God. And so help us, Lord, to be encouraged, inspired, and filled with hope. For it is the blessed hope, uh, is what we in fact preached on the other night, that has inspired this tonight. And so, Holy Father God, my humble prayer is that lost souls would come to know you as Savior. Christians would get fired up for you again, going all the way back to their first love, when all of us who experienced that first love, we were not ashamed of you, and we were witness to anything that moved, and we were looking for your second coming way back then. In my case, 42 years. Lord, help us to get back to our first love. Save those who are lost tonight. Open their blinded eyes. Unstop their deaf ears. And save their souls. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and forsake. Amen. Remember the words of the Lord in Matthew twenty-four forty-two. Watch, therefore. For ye know not what hour your Lord doeth come. Matthew 24, 44 says, Therefore be ye also ready. For in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Dear friend, if you are not ready for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you're not ready for the rapture of the church, may I encourage you to get ready today. By believing in Him, the Lord Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior. Here's how you should do it, and here is why. First, accept the fact that you are a sinner, and that you have broken God's law, the Word of God, the commandments of God, the Ten Commandments of God. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That includes you, that includes me, that includes the Pope, that includes all Buddhists, that includes the Dalai Lama, uh, that includes all of the religions in India and around the world. That includes the Jews and the Gentiles. And that includes even Joel Osteen, as nice as he is. He would admit to you that he's a sinner too. He'll he'll have a big smile on his face, but he will admit it. We're all sinners, no matter how good we think we are, no matter how um, rich we are, no matter how poor we are no matter how educated we are, no matter how good-looking we are, or whatever the case, we're all sinners. We're all in the same boat. Yes, that's right, Elon Musk is in the same boat as you and me. We're all in the sin boat. We all have done evil in God's sight. We all have broken God's Ten Commandments. We have lied stolen things that don't belong to us you may call it petty stealing you may think that it's okay to steal from your parents it is not i believe jesus addressed that in the bible that that is not you can't do that you can't steal from your wife you can't steal from your husband you can't steal from your children and then lie on them Lusting after people and things is a sin against God. God does not want you to do that. Coveting what other people have. Coveting what uh, somebody that does not belong to you. Dishonoring, disobeying your parents. You may think it's a small sin. God does not. Dishonoring God by taking his holy name in vain. Talking about uh, O -O You can't do that. Don't do that. Even if you use the initials, you're wrong. In God's sight. You're wrong. He he said you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. He said you're wrong. So I have to agree with him. That's just five of the sins of the Ten Commandments. Should I go on? Thou shalt not commit adultery. And on and on. We all have sinned. Would you agree with that? Sure you will. Because you've even said yourself, nobody's perfect, that's right, so therefore we all have sinned. Second, accept the fact, dear friend, that there is a penalty for sin, there is a punishment for sin. We all know that. Do you know court officers, for the most part, they serve God Almighty to keep order? Judges, police officers, sheriffs, constables. They're, they're serving God just as much as people in the church. People in the church like to think they're a special class. They're not. These are ministers, people in government. Whether you like them or not, they are ministers of government. Why? Why? To punish evildoers. Glory be to God. And to reward those who have done well. And who have obeyed the law. Thank God for government. Thank God for police officers. Thank God for judges and workers in the court. And I know they're not perfect. But I tell you what. They do a pretty good job even though things are getting worse and worse. But what if we didn't have them at all? Why, why am I saying that? Because sin is, is not only punished in God's sight by God, it is punished in our sight. And we're wicked, evil sinners ourselves. The police officers are sinners. The sheriff... And in the deputies they're sinners. The judges are sinners. We we know that we can't tolerate evil among us. And so people have to be punished. Sweet children have to be pr- punished, and the earlier you can start punishing them the better. Yes. Your sweet children have to be punished for their evil, the evil that's in them. So this is not hard to understand. Stop thinking that you're going to do what you want to do in this life. And then uh, think you think God is going to blink at all of your sins and wickedness and let you get away. God does not let anybody get away with sin, man. All sin got to be paid for. Either you're going to pay for it uh, in hell. Or you're going to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. who already suffered and died for it and bled for it. And was buried and rose again. You're going to believe in Jesus Christ. Who already paid for your sin debt. That's what's going to happen my dear friend. Nobody gets away with sin man. I I don't know where you people get this from. You crazy people. In the church. You think you can do your dirt. And get away with it. Mm, You've lost your righteous minds. That's not true. You, 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 that, you, nobody gives away with sin. The things I mentioned and the other evil you do uh, that's mentioned in the Bible and, and so forth uh, before God Almighty. Nobody gets away with evil in this world. God, and I say this humbly, God would not be God if he allowed this. See, that, that, this is a beautiful thing. There's nothing uh, bad about it. If somebody kills your mother, you want justice. This is just in you. You want that joker caught and you want him punished. Not only for uh your sake, but so that he won't do that to somebody else's mother. They're police officers who are not even saved. Judges who are not even, but they have a sense of righteousness, a sense of right and wrong, a a, a sense of making sure somebody pays for the evil they did to somebody else. I say glory be to God. They're ministers too, and I think, and they're called trust me when I tell you, these police officers and sheriffs and judges and constables, they're just as called as people in the church are called by God to deal with spiritual things. No, no, nobody gets away with evil. You can do your dirt in the black and dark night, you devil. God sees you. And what you think was hidden, God can expose it. And if you persist it, and he will, even if you are a so-called Christian. He's done it thousands of times. Nobody, ask David, nobody can play with God like that God does not play. Look deeply into my eyes and see if I'm playing with you. God does not play, man. Jesus does not play. So, you know, get... Let me disabuse you of that idea. The Bible says in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. You're going to die. You know one of the reasons why I'm here tonight? Is because I know that there are thousands and millions of people dying. And I cannot rest. I'm supposed to be off. God has given me the liberty to be off for the rest of the year. After preaching every day for multiple years. But as Jeremiah says, it's like a fire shut up in my bones. Even when my body is weary. Even when my wife does not want me to preach. And so forth and so on. It's like a fire, shut up in my bones. I know people are dying. You've already heard me say twice, watch this. We're standing between the living and the dead, but one day we're gonna be dead. That means you, that means me. You need to face it. What's that boy's name who took over for the Jeopardy host? trying to sell you some life insurance because you're going to need some money to pay for your funeral. I, I forget his name, but you, you know him. You, if you can't afford anything else, you better get that. Get ready, get ready, get ready. You may not be in the rapture, but you will be raptured. You're going to be checking out of here. Yes, sir, Ree. You and me. We're going to be dying one day. Uh, You may may miss the rapture, uh, but you are going up yonder if you're saved, and you're going to hell if you're not. And you need to understand that God wants you to understand. God is nobody to play with like man. God wants you to understand that if he will allow you to die from this beautiful, greenish, bluish whitish earth, hanging on nothing but His grace and power. Mm-hmm. He will allow you to go to hell. See? God has levels of judgment and, and levels of punishment that you need to take heed to. Number one, Jesus Christ... That that was a judgment for your sin and mine. Okay. All of our sin was laid on him. And he suffered. He bled and he died on the cross. For you and me. Jesus said to his father. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why? Because he was made sin for us and God cannot look on sin. Some of us, all of us are sinners but there's certain sins that we refuse to look upon. And we're sinners ourselves. God can't look upon sin. There's certain sin You can't look at the video. You know you can't. Most of us, we cannot watch a little child being hurt or harmed by some murderous, wicked, or demonic adult. Some of you devilish people can, but most of us can't do that. And we're sinners. God is holy. He can't look on us sin billions trillions of sin because see, you must understand the sin we haven't committed we didn't commit them once they became a pattern in our lives and we have sinned against God repeatedly you talk about the love of God son that's no failure so so uh death is a judgment itself don't 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 think death is Something sweet and dandy, particularly if you're not saved. Now, now, for the person who has believed in Jesus Christ, death is going to be sweeter for you. But death is a hard pill to swallow. For everybody. And, and no, death, don't listen to these lying philosophers. No, no, no. Death is not a part of life, son, daughter. Death is the ending of life. And God wants you to know that you're going to die. The Bible says it is appointed unto you. It's appointed on the man once to die. And after this, the judgment. God wants you to understand that if he will allow you to die from this beautiful earth because of your sin... You don't die because of cancer. You don't die because of a car crash. You don't die because of the coronavirus plague. You die because of your sin. All of your sins. The wages of sin is death. And God wants you to understand that if he will allow you to die from this beautiful place called Earth, and it is beautiful. Don't you make, don't, don't, make no mistake about that. Sin, I, I don't have a problem with Earth. You shouldn't either. We are the ones who marred it and messed it up with our sin. So we got to go. Earth is not going anywhere right now. You got to go. I have got to go. So, if God will allow you to die for your sins, he will allow you to go to hell for your sins. Because, and he's not he going to put me in hell. No, God is not going to put you in hell. God did everything he could to save you from hell. You're putting yourself in hell. I said you're putting yourself in hell. Don't blame God. Don't blame Jesus. And so third, accept the fact, dear friend, that you are on the road to hell. Jesus Christ said in Matthew ten twenty eight, and fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. But rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. That's what you need to fear. That's who you need to deal with right there, God Almighty. Because nobody can put you in hell but yourself based upon God's Word. And God is in charge of everything. So hell is a real place. And hell is bad news. But I have some good news for you. You don't have to go to hell. This is the beginning point. Don't worry about everything else. Some of you sweet evangelicals are saying, what about all of the great benefits? And some of you charismatic uh, people are talking about, uh, what about all the benefits? Again, you ought to stay on that and and just preach honey and sugar to the people. You can attract more flies, but sugar. I'm not trying to attract flies. I'm trying to win wicked, evil, sinful souls to Christ. And only God can do it. Only Jesus can do it. Every salvation is a miracle. It is a divine miracle. So hell is bad news. But I have some good news for you. Jesus Christ, who preached the gospel first and best, better than all the rest, said the most important words ever said in the history of the world to mankind. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is, in the words of Curtis Hudson, That is, the gospel in a nutshell, nobody preached the gospel better than Jesus Christ. He being the Son of God was so succinct, far more than what we will ever be or can be. And with Power and understanding. He gave the history of the gospel. In just a few words. And then he gave the gospel. The history of the gospel. God so loved the world. You want to know whether or not God loves you. God loves you my dear friend. More than you'll ever know. His son Jesus Christ. stretched out his arms like this. That's how much God loves you. And don't you ever forget it. Don't you ever accuse God of not loving you. All of us suffer from our own sins and failures and mistakes. God loves you more than you love yourself. God wants you in heaven more than you want to go. God wants you to get saved more than you want to get saved. You talk about the love of God. That's love for you. It was born in his heart. The love of God. He, he chooses to love us in spite of ourselves. And we are very unlovable. Every last one of us. We all got our sins and idiosyncrasies that drive us even crazy. Sometimes you I just have to say holy Father God, it's all yours. Have you ever had to say that in dealing with people? God, this, this is your this is your world. Have you ever heard that hymn? This is my father's world. You better believe it, because you can't even deal with all the stuff going on in this world. God what you better do is just pray. Because God's got some love for some folk. Yes, that's right. Uh huh. People that you don't love. God, God loves them. Okay? See, this is the reason why Jesus told you not to judge. That should be not judged. Because God's got love for people that you don't have the capacity to even love. Some of you people don't even love yourselves. But this is big love. This is huge love. This is love that is out of this world. And nobody can love you like God. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. His Son that was born of the Virgin Mary. That means no man had sex with Mary. Not one ever. She was a virgin. Jesus was born from the Virgin, uh, through the Virgin Mary. He is God's only begotten Son. He lived a sinless life. He never sinned in word, thought, or deed in his life. He went about doing good, and by doing good, he proved to the world that he is the Son of God. He healed the sick on the spot. He broke up funeral because he raised the dead. One day when he <clears throat> let the brothers the apostles go over on the, to the towards the other side he walked on the water and met them like we walk on the floor you can't do that because you're not the son of God he went to the tomb of Lazarus who was dead for several days and stinking And there's no smell like that in the world. The stink of death. Decomposing body. It's a horrible smell. He went to the tomb of Lazarus and said, Lazarus, come forth. That's who we're talking about. Jesus Christ. And somebody wisely said that if he had not called the name of Lazarus, everybody who was dead would have come forth out of the grave. Caught in a storm, he was taking a nap. He was not worried about a thing because he's God. He made the storm, he made the wind, he made the towering waves. Went out on the deck and said, peace, be still. In other words, translation, waves, sit down, wind, be quiet. Peace, be still. Now, you can't do that. You get caught in the storm, you just caught. I've seen God protect you in the storm and protect me in the storm. uh, But you can't stop the storm. And don't you ever forget that. He did. He can. He proved himself to be the Son of God. The creator of the world. See, that's, that's why he already knew the wind. He already knew the waves before he got here because he's God. <clears throat> then, in light of all of that, He chose to suffer, bleed, and die on the cross for your sins and for mine. Was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God. That's the Easter that you've heard about. Resurrection Sunday. And all you have to do to be saved because of the love of God and, and, and the act of love through His Son, Jesus Christ, is believe in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins. Was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God for you so that you can live forever with Him. Pray and ask him to come into your heart today to save your soul, and he will save you. Romans 10, 9 to 13 says, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou you shalt be saved. For whosoever... Rather, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Get saved tonight so that you can be ready when Jesus comes. He could come tonight in the rapture. But he's coming back. And one of the only one of the reasons why he has not come back yet is because of the love of God trying to get you in the good old ship of Zion, trying to get you saved. I thank God he waited for me because I should be in hell. I would be in hell. And no one deserves to go to hell more than me. I'm here to tell you, every salvation is a miracle by God. So believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray and ask him to come into your heart. To save your soul. Call upon his name. I will help you with the sinner's prayer. Repeat after me phrase by phrase. And mean it from your heart. Holy Father God. I acknowledge and I admit that I have sinned against you. and that I have done evil in your sight repeatedly. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon me, a sinner. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who was born of the Virgin Mary, who lived a holy and uh, pure life, and who never sinned, and who chose to suffer, bleed, and die on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe in you. I believe in your gospel. That you suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins. Was buried. And rose on the third day. Lord Jesus Christ, please... Come into my heart and into my spirit, and please save my soul today, so that when you come back, I can go back with you. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit, and help me to truly confess my sins and repent of my sins. and turn from my evil ways, and to follow you in the new life, Lord Jesus Christ. For it is in your name I do pray, amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for your sins and was buried and rose on the third day, allow me to say to you congratulations on doing the most important thing in life and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now you get to go to heaven instead of going to hell. Thank God for his love and thank his Son, our Savior Jesus Christ. This is a huge gift and that, that's what it is. Salvation is a gift. All you can do with the gift is take the gift. You can't pay for the gift. You can't pay for the gift. you can't go to church for the gift. You can't pay any money to the church for the gift. You can't uh, uh, do anything for the gift. You just receive it and you become thankful. And you thank the Lord for it. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John 10, 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Dear friend, if you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please email that to us at dw3, <coughs> pardon me, dw3, the numeral three, at gospellightsociety.com and let us know. We have some free material that we want you to receive and we want to send to you uh, to help you to grow in the faith. If you have a prayer request, please email that to us as well and we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. Until next time, my beloved, God loves you very much, very much, so much He sent His only begotten Son to die for you and for me and to suffer total humiliation was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God. The greatest day in history is when Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, died for our sins and paid our sin debt. God loves you. He's given us the grace to love you. And uh, may God bless you real good is my prayer. The book that I mentioned to you that you can get free of charge. Go to gospelitesociety.com and get that book. uh, What to do after you enter through the door. It will tell you everything you need to do for your next steps as a new Christian in Christ. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time, let's all stand for our closing prayer. As the music plays, I'll fly away. Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you so much for what you have done tonight. I still stand amazed at you, your love, your mercy, your grace, your gospel, your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and all that you do because you love us more than we love ourselves. It is mind-blowing. And I, all I can say is thank you, and I give you all of the glory, praise, and honor. Help others to do the same as we close. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, and for his sake, amen. God bless you, my dear friends. Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow. You got to get your-